Tin Can Podcast presents The Twelve Plays of Christmas The Magical Tree by Jonathan Brown Once upon a time lived a man called Bear. That wasn't really his name, but as he'd hibernate during the summer and only come out at winter, his friends gave him the cuddly nickname. It had nothing to do with him being big and hairy, oh no. Bear loved Christmas ever so much. The frost on the grass crunching underfoot, the smell of the mulled wine wafting from open windows, the sight of his friends merry from too many glasses of said mulled wine. Bear made it strong, for he was a big man and liked to get drunk. In fact, he loved Christmas so much that he owned a forest populated only by fir trees. On rare days during the summer when he left the house, he would wander alone around his forest, looking forward to the day when Christmas was upon us. Which was getting earlier and earlier these days, if you believe the TV adverts, but Beard didn't. He would sell trees during the festive period and had a reputation for providing the best trees in the whole of England. There was talk of an ancient man in Scotland who sold better trees, and maybe an even older bearded man even further north that sold trees to pay for his workshop, but these were just tall tales. Bear's friends would always come and see him, buy their tree, and in doing so get an invite to his world-famous Christmas shindigs, and to taste his extra-strong mulled wine once again. They all loved his jolly way, but they were also sad for Bear. For not only did they only really get to see him once a year, but Bear was all alone. His dedication to his trees and to that most wonderful time of the year left him with no time to find a Mrs. Bear. Partly it was his own fault, as he had such high standards, wanting someone to share his love for Christmas, but also for Christmas trees. For what else would they talk about? Bear knew not of modern TV shows or politics. Then, one snowy day in early December, a woman came in to buy a tree. Bear knew right away that his heart had fallen in love, and that it too would break soon. No woman wants to spend summer all hidden away, But Bear knew what he was like during those months without his Christmas cheers. Why, he was like a bear with a sore head. But he was a professional, and approached her, asked, May I help? Which he knew he could, as he knew everything there was to know about Christmas trees, more so than his Scottish friend. I'm Robin, and I'm looking for something special, replied the girl. So was Bear, but didn't think it was the same something special. I'm looking for a Livonian tree, she continued. Bear laughed his loud, deep laugh, for although Bear had heard of it, it was a myth, a magical tree. No one knew why it was magical or what its properties were, but it was the grail among tree men, unobtainable and most likely just a tall story. Oh no, said the lady, giving Bear a smile that made his Christmas cheer levels double in an instant. It does exist, and I have the name of a man that could help. But I don't know where to find him. Jock McTavish, they both said together. Bear's Scottish rival. A man notoriously hard to find. It was said he'd handpick every tree and mark them with a tartan bow when they were ready for the chop. No one ever saw him, though, or knew where he lived. No one but Bear. For they had met many moons ago when he was starting off, wandering the many forests of Scotland, Looking at all the different types of trees, learning the feel of the bark and the smell of the sap, he saw McTavish. 
Bear pursued the Scottish fellow, desperate to learn more about the magnificent trees, but McTavish told him to leave and never return. He would never be a tree man. Bear longed to meet him again and tell him he was a tree man. Not only that, the chance to spend any more time with this beautiful young lady was too much to say no to. I can tell you on the journey to Scotland, she said, when Bear inquired further. Though he had never left his post at Christmas before, the offer of finding this mythical tree and travelling with this girl was too much for him. Catching the next train from London to Edinburgh, and from there on to Nairn, and from there a bus ride further north to a town with no name, then left for a mile at Glenfur. When you reach the furthest north point of the forest, turn back in yourself and you will see a hole in the ground. How you missed it in the first place you'll never know, but this is the only way to get to it. On this long and protracted journey, Bear and Robin hit it off, becoming the closest of friends very fast, talking of nothing but trees, for it turned out that Robin was the daughter of a Christmas tree man. She had been left by her father a secret password to give to Bear's Scottish nemesis, which would make him give them the location of the Livonian. However, her father had been an overbearing, he called it caring, man, and made her promise not to go alone to meet McTavish, but to find a man worthy enough to take her. She had found that man in Bear. She knew right when she saw him that he would do anything to protect her. But Robin also heard how Bear got his name. This did not please her one bit. Robin was not like her namesake. She had joy all year round, more than she could contain in herself, and had been looking for some time for someone to share it with. She thought Bear was that man, but did not share his views on hibernating. This broke her heart. The look on her face also told Bear what he feared, and broke his heart too. And so they reached Jock McTavish, down in his dirty hole. The hole had nothing in it but a table, some tartan ribbon, and some scissors for cutting the ribbon. Oh, and the most beautiful Christmas tree ever seen. Bear noticed McTavish's tree, and knew instantly it was a Livonian. McTavish was not used to guests, but recognised Bear's silhouette immediately. He had come back. The awkward silence was broken by Robin, chirping up and explaining the situation to McTavish and providing him with the appropriate word. He was shocked, but knew he was bound by the word. But he still did not trust Bear and gave him a warning. This tree is not for sale. Only Christmas tree men could have the tree. Although McTavish did not trust Bear, he trusted no one when it came to trees. He respected him for coming back and knew, deep down in his old soul, he was deserving of such a tree. The three trudged through the wood, thick with snow, pine cones and deer tracks, until they came to an opening. In the opening stood ten Christmas trees, each exactly as perfect as the last. There were also two stumps. These were the twelve trees of Christmas, said McTavish. There will be twelve tree men throughout time that will be worthy of one. I am one. I assume you can guess the other. Our man further north. I believe you, Bear, are worthy of the third one. Their power is simple but effective. Not only are there twelve trees for twelve men, but they will also last twelve months. 
These are not just Christmas trees. They will last you forever, bringing Christmas joy into your house all year round. This pleased Bear, for he could now give up his hibernating, but it pleased Robin more. She looked deep into his dark brown eyes and said, Now you have a reason to be happy and joyful all year. Bear looked back, smiling like it was Christmas Day, and said, I have, but it's not the tree. They smiled at each other for a long time, long enough for McTavish to walk off. And they lived happily ever after. This was The Magical Tree, written by Jonathan Brown. Starring Scott Christie. Engineered and scored by Frederick Fournier. This was a Tin Can Podcast production.